0: Hello and welcome to How to Read the Bible on the Pod. Over these next few weeks, my good friend Sarah Putman and I will be talking about reading the Bible as literature. We'll be looking at different literary genres, we'll be talking about translation, and we'll be giving you a glimpse into the history of Scripture and helping you to become a better reader. Join us. Hey everybody, we're back. Sarah, we're back. We're here, we're back. I hope everyone has missed (laughs) us. I'm sure everybody's been like, when's the next podcast coming out?
1: On the edge of their seats.
0: That's right, waiting, waiting for How to Read the Bible, Part 5, the conclusion, the finale.
1: This is it. After today, you'll know everything you need to know. That's
0: right, and you're completely on your own. If you have any questions about reading Scripture from here on out, don't bother us with them. We're finished. We're done. It's the end. (laughs) Stick a fork. (laughs) So, obviously, this is the sort of conversation that could have gone on forever and ever, but it's not going to. Uh, we're going to stop and we're going to stop on another genre. So, what's our genre today, Sarah?
1: Well, I think we're going to try to talk about dystopian fiction. Mm-hmm. That's right. Specifically, maybe Dystopias. apocalyptic a little bit mm-hmm. too, post apocalyptic. So,
0: yep. yep, dystopia and apocalypse. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I can't think of a better topic to give to people right before they spend time with their families. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: This is what the world could look like. That's right. If and it may disturbing. seem really
0: appealing by Thursday <laughs> night.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Escape into the world of Orwell.
0: That's right. Orwell, <laughs> yes, and and many others. Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested to talk about this with you in particular because you, for your job, are so plugged into like zeitgeist and literature. Mm-hmm. And dystopia is part of that, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting, and there has certainly been an uptick, especially in young adult literature mm-hmm. with that dystopian genre. Um, I think a lot of it is attributed to the Hunger Games series, and I should have I meant to look up when that came out, mm-hmm. 2010-ish maybe, yeah. 10 years ago at Yeah, it's least. been a while. Um, and it's interesting to hear... You know, shifts in the publishing world because a lot of times, you know, that was huge, and if you had anything dystopian, Mm -hmm. it would sell. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of changed and it Mm -hmm. went a little bit more fantasy, Mm -hmm. which I did. I have a definition here. Um, It's under the same science fiction heading, which is kind of interesting. But anyway, things, especially in the YA industry, change so quickly, you have to really be ahead of the game, I think, if you want to get published, and Suzanne Collins certainly was with her Hunger Games series. Yes. um, But, yeah, and I think, you know, we can ask ourselves why, as, you know, we talk a lot about how literature is such a reflection of our culture, of Mm -hmm. our society. So why did young people especially find such comfort or interest Mm -hmm. in these dystopian worlds? Bill, why?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Before I answer that... (laughs) Uh, give us give us the definition that we're working with before we get too deep into the dystopian okay. waters.
1: And this does get, again, kind of murky depending on who you talk to. But I went directly to the New York Public Library to see mm-hmm. how they define dystopia. So dystopian, apocalyptic, and post-apocalyptic fiction are subgenres of speculative fiction, which is typically placed under the science fiction heading. Mm-hmm. All those little umbrellas there. Mm-hmm. Um, although the subgenres are often used interchangeably, there are actually two different types of narratives. The categorization depends on what caused the dystopia or apocalypse within the story. So if it's science, the book is science fiction. If it's magic, it's fantasy. Um, and then, of course, dystopia is a world that has changed or altered. It's, there's remnants of our modern of our, the world we mm-hmm. know, but it's been altered by... Government policies or some kind of um, structural mm-hmm. change, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas apocalyptic is often a natural disaster.
0: Yeah. And, and in scripture, of course, as we get into this, it's going to be triggered by God. Oh, you know, like apocalypses are, are triggered by God. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are strong and I, we can talk about this as we go forward. There's strong dystopian elements mm-hmm. as well in scripture, which aren't the same. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk about what our culture. Did you culture. just
1: say there's strong dystopian elements that
0: aren't the same as apocalyptic? Oh, okay. Like so, passages in scripture, and I'll I'll point out a couple of those that I would put into more of a dystopian category. Let's, let's do that now. Well, okay. So let me read this. Then okay. this is from Luke, and this is 21 verses 20 to 24. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation has come near. Then those in Judea must flee to the mountains, and those inside the city must leave it, and those out in the country must not enter it. For these are days of vengeance, as a fulfillment of all that is written. Woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing infants in those days. For there will be great distress on the earth and wrath against this people. They will fall by the edge of the sword and be taken away as captives among all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So, like, that to me is dystopia. That's, like, societal collapse, Mm -hmm. um, not in religious themes tied to, like, the fulfillment of time or the end of time, which is kind of where I put apocalyptic stuff. Yeah, okay. So, like, in the dystopian sense, uh, this is very much, like... If you wanted to put this in popular terms, if if you think of the movie Independence Day, Mm -hmm. do you remember that movie, Sarah? Yeah, Yeah. from the 90s where they come and start blowing stuff up and there's that iconic scene of the laser beam going Mm -hmm. down into the Capitol Mm -hmm. and the White House just exploding. This is that.
1: Yeah.
0: So this is is that sort of event Mm -hmm. um, without the aliens. Uh, And it happened. Mm -hmm. Like in 70 AD, the temple was indeed destroyed. Mm -hmm. So Luke is writing after that but Jesus lived before that. And so when if Jesus said and when Jesus said the temple's going to collapse mm-hmm. would have been the same thing as, um, you know, us as as like a book like Station Eleven, where mm-hmm. that's set in real life. America, Chicago yeah. collapses uh and it would have sounded as fictional mm-hmm. as as that.
1: Just as a bad example because that's apocalyptic. and Oh, is it dystopian. apocalyptic? Because it's a flu.
0: That's true. It is a flu. Yeah, okay, so, so, so not close. dystopian. Shoot. See, we're already all over our <laughs> genres. But they have, I think they have like... But I get what you're saying. They have permeable barriers, don't they?
1: I think they? so. I mean, I, I definitely think those things can go hand in hand mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Um, I had a lot of thoughts. So... Um, one of them was, you know, when I saw the scripture earlier, and even when I think of—I don't want to get into the prophetic or prophecy yep, yep. necessarily, but we
0: can because I think it's an important distinction. Okay, so we'll go ahead, go there second. if you want to. Yeah.
1: But I do want to like talk about the warning. Like mm-hmm. it feels like there's this constant warning: this mm-hmm. is what you have coming, mm-hmm. right? If you don't change your ways, mm-hmm. or if you don't do something. And I think about how science fiction, even as a genre, not just dystopia or apocalyptic, but is kind of that, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is, they they use this other world, this other place to comment on what's happening now, Mm -hmm. but it's safer, I guess, to do for whatever reason, um, to to set it in this other world. But there is like, there's always like this feeling of mourning or like what could be if we don't change.
0: Yeah. yeah. Ab- no, absolutely. It feels
1: really explicit in the scripture. Yes.
0: Yeah. And, and it, it is explicit in scripture and it's often tied to infidelity or idolatry. Mm-hmm. Um, culturally, you know, there are these kind of flashing red lights around us. I think there are in every age. Mm-hmm. They seem to be particularly explicit now. Mm-hmm. Like I remember having to read um, a book called uh, On the Beach. Mm-hmm. In in high school, which was a, a post apocalyptic nuclear holocaust Ooh. type of book, um, there were two of those, and we had our choices. I read that one because it was shorter, um, right. and uh, but like the anxiety of that age was definitely fueled by this idea that we were going to nuke ourselves. Mm-hmm. So now, like you know, climate dystopias or apocalypses are a subgenre for sure. I will not read those. Um, <laughs> because i feel like they're too close to home (laughs) um but like hunger games to me this is this is just kind of of off the cuff Mm -hmm. but hunger games to me is more about income inequality and the long-term impact of of wealth consolidation Mm -hmm. is how it feels to me
1: i think you're right on that's a huge theme in the book as well as sort of I guess perceptions like how you look on the Mm -hmm. outside versus Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff too. But yeah. And, and I think that's something we should think about. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Certainly a warning. Yeah. It's absolutely a warning. And I think one of the things that can be maybe appealing about, um, dystopias, I'd be interested in your thoughts Mm -hmm. on this as young adult readers. Do you think that there is an attraction in dystopias to the destruction of institutions or the demise of institutions.
1: Yeah, but I don't think that's necessarily just for young adult readers.
0: But in all dystopian stuff, like people who are attracted to that genre, yeah. like like the, 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 this institution mm-hmm. will demise.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like in, in Hunger Games, it's the capital, right? The capital as an institution yeah. is is going to crumble, but
1: we hope that it will. We
0: hope that it will. If the so, hero prevails. Yeah. So even as you're getting societal collapse, mm-hmm. that societal collapse has some positive value mm-hmm. in it.
1: Mm-hmm. Same with like The Handmaid's Tale.
0: Okay. Say more about that. Well,
1: I mean, you see this world that has um, been created because of all of the the structures around mm-hmm. it. You know, the, the oh, Gilead has created mm-hmm. and it's formed all these really rigid hierarchies Mm -hmm. for the women, you know, Mm they handmaid made sale. And it ends in a really sort of grim place at the end of the first book. And that was finished in like the Mm eighties. And then the show comes out and Margaret Atwood writes her sequel, the testaments. And we finally see kind of the fall Mm -hmm. of Gilead. And yeah, so we're seeing this society collapse and we're rooting for it. Like we Mm -hmm. don't want that to, to prevail. And so, If we think about sort of how dystopian fiction even came to be, and it's, you know, a response to Thomas More's Utopia Mm -hmm. that I've never read.
0: I haven't either. (laughs) (laughs) If
1: you have, good for you. Um, But, you know, Utopia is this idyllic place, Mm -hmm. right? Um, What does Utopia mean? I think I wrote it down. Hold on. I didn't. New world, good world, something like that, right? idyllic place uh-huh. um, that people realize would, could never happen. And so, but even if it did, like, if you actually had a utopia, mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me as I was reading it of the righteousness and justice will kiss. Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? Justice and righteousness? The peace. Righteousness and peace will kiss. Yes. In the poetry uh-huh. thing. Yes.
0: Righteousness and peace will kiss. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm like, well, that's not going to happen. Right. So this is what's really going to happen. Yes. So here's our, our dystopia. So, See. Well, and
0: theologically, Sarah, as as Christ, as, as my flavor of Christian, uh-huh. we believe we rejected utopia.
1: Yeah. We oh, want it. absolutely.
0: It was like, nah.
1: I want to taste this apple. I think
0: the apple and the snake sound pretty good.
1: Yeah. And then do I, right. <laughs> I do it myself. That's
0: right. I do it myself. Exactly. Um, go ahead. But, I mean, so there, yes. But yeah, mean, it's a response mm-hmm. to, like,
1: yeah, apparently humans cannot live that way mm-hmm. because we're humans. Mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah, that whole idea of, you know, burning something to the ground and starting over Mm -hmm. um, is something else I thought of as you were reading. Um, And this whole idea that, you know, Jesus said this was going to happen. It happened. Yep. Um, And how often in history, you know, it does keep repeating itself. Mm -hmm. Like, we know Mm -hmm. civilizations will Mm -hmm. fall and be rebuilt. It's sort of just who we are as earthlings.
0: Yeah. I mean, the... We know, if you don't know, I will tell you, this won't last. Right. History tells us that none of this will last. Mm -hmm. There will be stuff that comes after this that we can't imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, But this won't last. And so that can be scary, especially if this is working well for you. It works really, this works really well personally for me. Like I live a very comfortable life. You're doing great. I'm doing great (laughs) uh, from a material perspective spiritually emotionally that's a different conversation but from a material perspective i i am doing great Mm -hmm. works well for me so there is a bit of a fear that comes with naming that Mm -hmm. but certainly i think within the dystopian genre we there is a desire to project Mm -hmm. that collapse and inhabit it in a small way to try it on Mm -hmm. maybe like see how see how it feels how does this sweater look on me like it's
1: and what's it going to take to survive it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what are the characteristics of a, mm-hmm. during the zombie apocalypse, like, I'm not, I'm not going to make it. Yes. Most likely.
0: Yes. Yeah, to me, the most interesting, I think this would be dystopian, so you'll have to correct mm-hmm. me if it's apocalyptic. The most interesting post-fall world book that I've ever read was The Road by Cormac McCarthy. Oh, yeah. um, which I wondered always what Oprah's book club readers thought of that because it's not not something that's gonna go down well with some other stuff. Um, he's hard around the edges. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you saw uh, there was a movie made of it, there were very few characters, but two of the characters didn't have names; they were simply titled Baby Eater Number One and Baby Eater Number Two. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a dark book. Yeah. Um. But the interesting thing about the road, I thought, was McCarthy playing with this idea that it takes societal collapse for us to see true hope and love. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. And I, I wonder if there's not like if you extrapolate that theme out to like Katniss in The Hunger mm-hmm. Games, I do wonder to what degree she embodies this a certain hope for people in this world, this place.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and not just. I'm trying to remember how it ends, honestly. Mm. Um, but, but in the end, we do come back to a world that's more like ours, mm-hmm. more like the one that we currently inhabit. I think. Did you read all
0: of them? I haven't read them all, and I've only seen one and a half movies. So, oh. like, this is. I haven't seen the last movie. Either, okay, so yeah. I'm having
1: a hard time. So with that. we I, oh, are, we'll that. have to turn in our Hunger Games <laughs>
0: cards. But anyway.
1: But yeah, I mean, she ends up. Oh, I don't want to say this either in case of the sport. She ends up choosing like the the safe mm-hmm. guy, mm-hmm. and like goes back home and like is just living a comfortable. Yeah.
0: Like life, life, you know.
1: Yeah. Um, and so this idea that we can get back to, I guess, normal because mm-hmm. everyone,
0: mm-hmm.
1: probably enjoys where we are now. Mm-hmm. Um. But it is like a warning and this Mm. is where we could be if we Mm. don't if we don't even out. Yeah, and and there is that utopian idea
0: in that too, right? Like, we'll get more normal but it'll be a better, more just normal. But
1: we have to we have to to go through the grinder down to Mm -hmm. figure it out to see it and understand it. Um, I did find my utopia thing, it's no place, not new place. Oh it's no place. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah. Um, or good place, but they're used
0: interchangeably. (coughs) Excuse me.
1: Um I was gonna say something else too about. Oh, um, this the sec, second World War. Yes. Well, and in between the the World Wars, mm-hmm. how we had Mike Orwell mm-hmm. and Huxley and mm-hmm. all of that stuff, um, and how during, um, in recent years. Those two books specifically Mm -hmm. have made a resurgence. So we're talking about
0: 1984 and Brave New World. World. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And so those are kind of, whenever you think of dystopian literature, Mm -hmm. where most people go. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, those book sales went through the roof in 2017 and 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, So we can talk about why if you want. (laughs) (laughs) We can can use
0: our imagination to name why. But I I mean,
1: I think, yeah, for whatever reason, there's some comfort mm-hmm. in seeing these mm-hmm. really kind of horrible places but trying to work our way through them like yes. what can we learn from this
0: yes yes and and offer and that there's going to be something better coming after mm-hmm. this I think naming that that's certainly a big part of what's happening biblically with these very difficult okay. passages yeah. is that something better's coming yes um
1: there is hope at the there end. There is
0: hope at the end. So, like, yeah, some of the most beautiful passages in scripture come at the end of Revelation, mm-hmm. which, if you read through the whole book, contains some of the most terrifying and horrible passages in scriptures. I mean, you know, I, I don't enjoy at all reading certain parts of Revelation, but boy, the end is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Um, so, when we think about, like, let's talk for a minute about how this functions in scripture now tell me if this sounds familiar to you typically i think apocalyptic passages in scripture are used as a cudgel to beat fidelity into believers
1: um yeah because they're so scary
0: yeah like if you aren't faithful in a proper way Uh you will be punished right and it also they also are used to create, I feel like, a strong insider outsider mentality. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have a special knowledge, we have a special privilege um, as Christians that others don't have. Mm-hmm. And so they at the end will suffer mm-hmm. and we, we will, will survive. survive. Mm-hmm. So both of those things, I wouldn't say, are complete fabrications. But I would say they're misreadings, particularly the insider-outsider stuff. Okay, there is, a, there is a bent to the idolatry, but it's tied to something. This is where it breaks down in our popular imagination. Idolatry is a big problem in Scripture. Most of the bad things that happen are tied to idolatry. But it is in particular the idolatry of the powerful. That's the piece we leave out. It is the idolatry of the most powerful and the wealthiest who get people into trouble and get society into trouble. Hmm. Um, so when you when you uh, encounter these passages in scripture, I think the best thing to do is not try to decode them, but to do what we've done in discussing why are dystopias popular now, mm-hmm. and it's why is this in here and what did it speak to? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it spoke to the ways in which structures. Had failed faith, mm-hmm. and wherein the faithful had been either manipulated or crushed by those structures. Wow. So that's what you're reading when you run into that stuff. So I don't think it you they have to be handled very carefully. This is this is why I think it's good that we ended on mm-hmm. this. Other stuff like reading a history. We talked about history. Maybe doing one on history. Maybe mm-hmm. doing one on law. Those are like, those would have been short podcasts, I think mm-hmm. you said. And, that, and I think true. it's
1: pretty cut and dry.
0: Yes. Some of that stuff, just as long as you can recognize it, mm-hmm. you know right, right that what's going on. Mm-hmm. But these are a little more challenging.
1: Mm-hmm. I do like that. So you do read it very much like you read mm-hmm. dystopian fiction. I think so. Yeah. This is a, a system or mm-hmm. a structure that's. Not good. Right. We don't want to see. Right. Um, right. So, how can we keep this from happening, or mm-hmm. whatever, in the mm-hmm. future, as opposed mm-hmm. to how has it failed mm-hmm. us in the past?
0: Mm-hmm. You know, if if there's no destruction of the temple, it's quite likely there's no church. Church.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, and you know. That may augur some interesting conversations about the church mm-hmm. going forward as it is actively in the West uh, dying or mm-hmm. already dead in Europe, certainly on its way in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what will grow out of that? Mm. Uh, Christian as a Christian. I believe in resurrection. So that means something that dies often gives birth to something new, sure. hopefully better.
1: Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's happened before. It has
0: happened before. You know, Um usually every 500 years mm-hmm. uh, with the church. So, you know, I, I think it's, it's an interesting kind of thing to kick around. If we use the Luke passage that I read, you can't read the New Testament without remembering that it was written in the context of the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. And the Roman Empire was not kind to Jews or Christians. Mm-hmm. It was very hard on both of those groups. The temple, by the time Jesus finds it, remember the famous scene where he goes out there and flips over the tables of the money changer. It had become corrupted. Mm-hmm. It was, if you know, I'm sure they had nostalgia just like we had it, but have it. But they definitely viewed it as as deviating from how it had been, and mm-hmm. it was it was horribly corrupt at this point. Yeah. So its destruction, as traumatic as that was in the psyche of those who valued the place. Um, for early Christians was definitely viewed as a net positive.
1: Mm-hmm. Very cool.
0: So anyway, I mean it's 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 something I think to be handled uh, lightly and mm-hmm. carefully as you encounter it in scripture, just as you do in in fiction that you would read. I mean, it's definitely well if I read a dystopian novel, I am entering it with a very different mindset than almost anything else I read.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you should. I mean, in a lot of it's very entertaining too, so you can certainly dive in and have a good time. Um, but yeah, I think just like with everything, we have to think about the purpose of why it's written. Mm -hmm. Um, and then what we understand and what we're bringing to the table and how it can help, Mm -hmm. you know, how it can help us understand the world better or differently
0: yeah, it's a scary thing to let speak, but it mm-hmm. it is probably useful to give that genre a voice mm-hmm. both biblically and in people's literary diets. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Any final thoughts, Sarah?
1: No, I learned so much, Phil. Thank Me you. too.
0: Thank you so much for joining of course. the pod. Everyone should go buy a book from Bookish for <laughs> Christmas. I feel yeah, like you should. Uh, you have a large dystopian section, I'm sure.
1: Well, especially in the YA. <laughs> especially in the,
0: in the young adults. So, uh, yeah, if your child wants a lot of dystopian stuff, you may want to have a conversation with them, potentially, and make sure that they're doing okay. I mean,
1: I'm sure they're going to be great. I, I'm kind of encouraged by, well, we don't need to get into this now, but I'm encouraged by them thinking about the world in a yes new way.
0: Yes, they just exercise their voices quite nicely right across the border in Oklahoma this week so anyway all right Uh, that wraps things up so we'll take a little bit of a break from this version of the podcast as we head into the holidays Uh, you'll still get worship and there will probably be more ram asks a question because ram has so many questions questions. but sunday school uh as such will probably return in um January. january Yeah, thank you for reminding me of the month. That's the month yeah, I'm that like, comes first. I'm like, what's next? <laughs> anyway, all right. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of How to Read the Bible on the One Prez Pod. Be sure to like and review this wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time.